You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. Welcome to ATP Radio. I'm your host, Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, showing you how to accentuate the positive, the way to a better life. Your radio station is an example of the future existing right now. Hello and welcome to another hour accentuating the positive here on Soul Traveller Radio. I'm your host, Karen Swain. I'm a teacher of deliberate creation, a channel and a medium, channeling wisdom from my guides and broader perspective whom I've called blissful beings. On Accentuate the Positive, you'll hear conversations with open hearts and inspired minds. It's my intent to put more love out through our media. It's so important to have a media diet that uplifts you, empowers you, and reminds you of who you really are, instead of a lot of the media that we get that puts you in fear. So this is why I present the show. I've got some wonderful guests lined up for you. Please subscribe and support positive media you can stay up to date with the show on accentuate the positive radio with karen swain on facebook or go to karenswain.com and you'll see most of the podcasts there Hello, welcome to Accentuate the Positive with Karen Swain for another fascinating conversation with open hearts and inspired minds. I'm so excited to have on the show today Michaela Sheldon, who is a channel of higher consciousness and a teacher, a spiritual teacher, and the founder of the Flower of yep. Life Center in whereabouts is it? Detroit, Michigan. Detroit, based Michigan. out of Detroit, Michigan, but we're, we're an international organization, but based here. Ah, beautiful. Well, I'll have to quiz you a bit more about the Flower of Life Center because that sounds pretty awesome. So, uh, Michaela, your story. Welcome to the show, Michaela. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You know, I saw you on uh, YouTube. I follow Ruben, you know, the galactic actor. Yes, <laughs> love Ruben. Yeah, and we had he, a fun weekend together here in Detroit. <laughs> he came out to film me. He's so great. He's Ruben, so great. Ruben Langdon, yeah. And he has done some beautiful films of you and his, you know, production. He's obviously in the movie industry and his production and his sound and his camera work because I used to be in the movie industry as well. So I really loved that slick effect that he had with you. Really beautiful. And he's done some gorgeous interviews with you. Yeah. Creative. Yeah. I love what he's doing. Yeah. And uh, I loved what you were bringing through. It sounds very similar to the mob that I bring through and I just love expanding this consciousness and this awareness. But I want to get into your story because I always find it so fascinating how people come to this. You know, it's such a journey awakening to your life plan. So what was happening for you at the time that you started asking different questions? Well, it's, it's kind of an interesting story because this was not at all what I thought I'd do with my life. You know, I was living in this mainstream world, you know, got this business degree, marketing degree, had two kids and, um, stayed at home, decided to leave the business world behind, stay at home with them. Stay at home. Mom was the volunteer junkie. You know, I ran the PTA, I ran the Girl Scout troops, you know, the social organization, all this stuff. And, um, you know, like many of us do, I came to my spiritual waking and awakening in a really crummy time in my life. Um, I was experiencing some chronic pain and having some health issues. And, um, this started after the birth of my second daughter and I had severe pain in my low back leg and hip and was going to all these doctors, you know, on this hamster wheel, I call it of Western medicine every year, getting prescriptions and tests and diagnoses and getting worse and worse as the years went by. And um, I ended up making a move around, um, it was probably about a good, you know, three, four years before I started really going directly into this channeling field. Um, I made a move from one side of town to another. And, you know, I just, I truly believe in divine timing, divine guidance. The universe picks us up and drops us off exactly where we need to be. And it's usually not our favorite place in the world. And that's exactly what happened to me. I was very supported and loved in this community. I was a leader of the community, but yet they knew of my condition. 
So if I was having a bad day, they would pick up my kids, get stuff from the grocery store, you know, and I turned around and found myself in a neighborhood where I couldn't make any of that work to save my life. I, I tried to be a part of that volunteer world. Everyone hated me. I could make a friend to save my life. found myself very alone. And I had to take a pretty hard look at myself in the mirror. Wow. I was 40 years old at the time. The pain had gotten so bad. The stress of the move had compounded this pain to the point where I was having my nerves ablated. I was taking antidepressants. I was washing it all down with alcohol. I knew something had to change. So in this new neighborhood, I was exposed to Eastern philosophy, which is something I had never considered or been exposed to before. And meditation was something that first came into my awareness. I had read that it could disconnect me from my pain. And I thought that was worth a shot. <laughs> so I meditate regularly. And when I say regularly, like three times a day, morning, noon, and night, it was not for any spiritual type of a goal. It was really solely to relieve this physical pain. And I started to obviously notice some very amazing things happening as I was meditating. I was starting to hear voices and things. I was connecting to information. And, you know, at the time I thought, wow, my mind is really making this up. I need to, you know, get my brain out of the picture. But what was really interesting to me was when I walked about my day, you know, between meditations, during day-to-day activities, I would have these casual conversations with people. And I would get home and I would think I heard something in the conversation that they didn't say out loud. And I would question myself, you know, scratch my head like, wow, did they really say that to me? And it was often really personal, you know, didn't even fit the conversation and I wouldn't respond. And I thought, man, I didn't even respond to them. And I started to accuse myself of being a poor listener, but I came to find out I'm actually a really excellent listener. Um, And all this culminated for me in one crazy event on Christmas morning, 2010. And I was making Christmas dinner that morning, um, having a big dinner party at my family. I'm the oldest of three kids. Everyone comes to my house. And uh, I was making this special recipe that required some, you know, special ingredients for the holiday. And I got up that morning, just joyous, ready to cook and went to the pantry and discovered I had forgotten to purchase these very key ingredients for this recipe. And so I got a little stressed. I got out of stool, started pushing things around, thinking, you know, surely I can mock this thing up. It's got to be something. Knowing full well the stores, the grocery stores are all closed on the holiday. I even phoned the local gas station just to see if they had anything on their shelf, which of course they didn't. And so my practice at that time, you know, stress equaled pain straight to meditation. So I told the family, you know, mom needs a couple minutes. I went into the bedroom, closed the door, went into a very deep meditation. And I heard a very deep male voice that day, as if in the room with me. And it was so loud that it shook me out of the meditation. And there were only three words. And those words were, I am Jacob. I tried to communicate back with Jacob that day, but I didn't get anywhere. And I wasn't afraid. I just felt this very beautiful, buzzy, peaceful energy come over me. And I just felt at peace. I thought, this is ridiculous. I can salt and pepper this thing. I don't know why I was so upset. And I walked out to the pantry, opened the door, and there on the shelf in front of me in a very neat, tidy row in sealed containers were the three ingredients I was missing for this recipe. I was overjoyed. I thought, wow, like I had manifested something into my physical reality that day, or maybe this Jacob heard me. And but you, you didn't know. think that you'd, you'd just not seen them before. Like you didn't no, think. Well, of course I did. After right. the fact, I thought, wow, I really must have missed those ingredients right, right. there. Right. right. Because right. you kind of want to negate the miracle that it is, you know, and um, that's human nature, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, but, you know, I just remember it being a beautiful day. I just made the meal, had a great day, didn't tell a darn soul, and really kind of put it out of my mind for a good year. Another <laughs> you know, oh, year, um, yeah. About it. But what it did do was it piqued my curiosity. And I wanted to find out more. You know, who was this Jacob? What was I hearing? You know, what was this all about? And I just went on this quest for more information. But at the same time, I'm still meditating. And I'm going deeper into trance. I'm bringing in, you know, what was three words is now a sentence, is now two, is now four. I was writing it all down in a journal. And I was noticing some interesting things, you know, things that I wouldn't even talk about or know about or ways that I wouldn't talk, you know. But then I started to voice record myself on my iPhone. 
And that for me was what blew my mind. And I heard my voice change. You know, I would hear if I was connecting with uh, maybe an angelic presence who is a female or someone who's a little lighter, I would, my voice would get really high. Or um, if there was a male entity present, my voice would get very low. You know, I was talking about things, you know, ascension and things that I didn't even really know about. And the messages kind of got bigger than me. What ended up happening was I um, I actually found out who Jacob was. I channeled him quite a bit during that time when I would say I was awakening or ascending into this gift. And I found out he was actually a past life connection for me. Uh, He was a small boy in a past life and he was lost. A small boy. He was a young boy, a young boy, and he was lost. And I I took him in and I fed him and I clothed him and I cared for him in that life. And he came back in this life indebted to me to help me remember why I came. And um, I was told I have a mission here. It wasn't something I wanted to accept right away. <laughs> uh, you know, um, and as I brought more and more of these beings in, I started channeling extraterrestrial beings and collectives and, you know, not something I wanted to talk about at the local bake sale. I was doing this in my closet but I ended up attracting, you know, a family around me, some very supportive people who, who said, you know, you have to listen to your material. You really need to put it out there. Yeah, I finally got to that point where I just took small steps to let the cat out of the bag and, yeah, open, the, open up more to family and friends and then audiences, very oddly enough. Look, yeah. it's such a courageous journey because mainstream is not really on board and we just look like crazy to them. Um, <laughs> you know, cause I've been doing this for as long as I can remember. It was a very, very gradual. I love hearing people's awakening journey cause they're so different and diverse and I've spoken to so many about, and they're beautiful. Mine was just such a slow process. It wasn't that exciting at, at all, but you know, I think that the quickening because I started awakening when I was 15, so it was a long time ago. But the quickening now, where people are really waking up quickly, and yes. some of them are like, bang, and their guides are like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Knocking you over the head. That's, I, that's what happens to me, absolutely. Sledgehammer yeah. moment. I'm just thinking about your pain. I'm thinking about all that pain that you went through, and the, the thought came, it's just a sledgehammer moment. It's like, are you listening? You know, you can't continue to, yes. to have a life like this. It's painful for you. You have to shift your frequency. You have to shift your way of being. You have to start to be why you came because when you're not, it's going to be painful for you. Absolutely. There's no question that's the reason I was in pain. And I think there yeah. are many others out there who are in pain similarly because yeah. they're not they're suppressing their truth. And, you know, I, I did actually heal myself a hundred percent. I'm a hundred percent pain-free today. And I always say, you know, I didn't know that I could channel information about my health at the time, but I just credit being so aligned with source in that way that the things that I needed showed up for me in such synchronistic ways. I, I mean, when I look back on that path, I'm, I'm just so grateful because it was like I was led to this you know, practitioner who had exactly the right experience that I needed, who sent me to a book, who sent me to a nutritionist, who sent me, you know, and it was like the, the person was taking the, the last person for free when I didn't have the money. And yeah. I look back and in a, yeah, 100% pain-free, got off all my medications, probably in the best shape of my life now. Yeah. I mean, when you think about why that pain was there, and I channel so much about this now that the physical body just holds so much information. And when that information is in resistance, Mm. we're not in balance and in harmony with the universe. And that's how these things happen. But yeah, what a knock over the head that was, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sledgehammer moment. Mm -hmm. Oh, look. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I had several of those actually. Mm -hmm. So where, where did you have the pain? Did you have it everywhere? Was it a systemic pain? Well, what I ended up finding out, um, and I finally got a 
correct diagnosis. I, my SI joint in my hip is, is it's obliterated. It still is today. It's not fixable. It's, this is your, your hip joint. And I guess a lot of women go through this in childbirth. Um, you know, the hips actually move to allow for the childbirth. And sometimes that hip joint doesn't, it just never goes back into the right place. And mine on x-ray looks like a piece of spaghetti and it's supposed to look nice and straight, but it doesn't hold me back today. I mean, I, I know what I need to do. I'm in great shape. It, it had just gotten to the point where it was just a chronic pain that expanded. It went into my back, my legs. I had numbness in both of my legs. It debilitated my muscles to the point where I felt like I was going to be in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell this story where um, I started to have my nerves ablated, which you know, is severing the nerves every six months to eliminate pain. And I had this defining moment. I was in this pain management clinic laying there because you have muscle spasms as a result of these nerve ablations. And I was having um, some very severe muscle spasms. I was looking around me at the people there and, you know, we're talking about people in their eighties and nineties who were just managing, you know, pain on, on their way out the door. And here I was just like, wow, you know, here I am 40 years old. I just, I don't belong here. I don't belong here, you know? And because of this story, I have so many people who reach out to me all over the world who have very okay. similar issues who are struggling with chronic pain. And I truly believe we can heal anything. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm thinking? It, what I'm thinking when you say, I don't belong here, the 80-year-olds don't belong there either. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Age yeah. doesn't equal pain. Right. Although it's a mass consciousness, it says it does. And as I get older, you know, I find myself indulging in that thinking, that's not true. That's not true. Just because I'm older doesn't mean I have to be creaky. But anyway, that's another story. But, you know, I was speaking to a beautiful channel the other day who channels Mother Mary and her message was very much about self-acceptance and self-confidence. And someone who has such a shift in their life from soccer mom to channel you know that takes a lot of self-confidence and self-acceptance and now you're on the verge of this huge expansion you know your work is getting known you're getting out there people are coming to you in droves how did you deal with that your self-acceptance that this is who I am and this is what I'm doing and I'm cool with it and I don't care what anyone says I get asked that question a lot lately because I feel like so many people are in that same place. Yeah, right? exactly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so many people have awakened to their truth, but yeah. they're holding on to these old paradigms and these old programs that are keeping them back from who they're supposed to be in the world. Yeah. It wasn't easy. I don't think anything like this is easy. It was little baby steps. It truly was. You know, we are in such a state of fear and you blow it up in your mind to the point where it becomes debilitating. You know, I grew up very Catholic, um, Italian <laughs> family. There was no talk of channeling, you know, mm-hmm. and um, that to me, the thought of coming out as a channel in the world and my family knowing what I did was just devastating. But, you know, I took it in little chunks and I just started letting the cat out of the bag little by little, sucking it up and just saying, you know, this is who I am <laughs> and clenching, you know. <laughs> what I came to realize is, you know, my family, there are family members who are never going to understand what I do, nor are they going to listen to it, but they yeah. still love and accept me, you yeah. know, for who I am. And the people that don't, they've kind of fallen out of my life and that's okay because they don't really match my vibration anymore. Mm-hmm. But there's all, what we, what we forget is, you know, when we're vibrating at a new speed, because everything is energy. So when we, we're living our inner truth, we're actually vibrating at a higher speed. And so the more I let the cat out of the bag, the more I started owning my truth, the easier it, it was and the better I felt. <laughs> like It just was like second nature. Like, why did I wait so long to do this? What was I so afraid of? This is, this is exactly who I want to be. This is exactly where I want to go. And then I attracted a whole new group of people around me. That's, I think, what people forget about. They see the stuff that they feel, the stuff that they know they're going to leave behind. And, and we know we have relationships and things that they just don't match who we are anymore. And it's scary. But it doesn't mean that that relationship can't change. I had friends who I never thought would accept this in me who are now channeling themselves. Yeah. I, you know, I never thought. And, you know, it's funny, even family members um, who I thought they're never going to accept this. They, they don't want to talk about it in front of others, but I'll get that text message. You know, I've been hearing voices my whole life. 
you know, they ask questions because I think we're all experiencing this in our own way, but we just don't have others around us that, that show us that, that mirror that. And so it's kind of been fun to see some of those people come out of the closet and um, experience spirit in their own way and, and ask me questions. So you know, I just say, you do it little by little. You don't do it all at once. You know, you pick something small each day and you move forward. And, you know, that's kind of what I did. It's easier for me to be public than it was to be with my family, actually, Mm -hmm. believe it or not. uh, Yeah, I believe it. I'm just thinking about my family. You know, my uh, brother is an atheist, although I think he's more agnostic these days. And he married a good Catholic girl, which was an interesting Mm -hmm. combination because I had a conversation with them when they were getting married. I said, are you going to baptize your kids? And he said, no. And she said, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, uh, you know, they've been seeing my journey for as long as they can remember and calling me crazy. But I've watched them evolve too, you know, evolve into, and it happens unknowingly in a way. They start to believe things. There's this famous saying that Schopenhauer, first they ridicule you, then they judge you, and then they, it's, it's self-evident. Then they say it's self-evident. And it's really interesting. It's how when they come around to believe things and things that they judged you about years ago and that uh, it's self-evident, of course. It's, you know, it makes sense and it becomes common sense it's really interesting isn't it yeah but, um, you know, what, you know, what i've come to believe is we you know in every soul contract that we have whether that be a family member a relationship whatever we're here to uphold our inner truth for the purpose of that soul contract because we're here to learn from each other and if we're not vibrating in our inner truth we don't even honor our soul contracts you know if we're not living in our truth there are things that people are meant to to learn from us and you know we're meant to learn from them but if we're in this state of fear and we're suppressing everything, we're really not even honoring those relationships that we came to serve. You know, yeah. that's the way I look at it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, I have uh, still a lot of relationships in my life, people I went to school with that, you know, they think I'm crazy, but they're still there. You know, I remember where a girlfriend said to me years ago, I think everything you believe in is bullshit, but I love you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, you know, that's a good energy to have, but- I guess. You know, the spiritual yeah. community talks like we're going through this mass ascension and the, and the world is waking up and everyone is going to come to know what we know. And when you look around the world and you look on mass media, that just seems like that's not happening anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like what's going on on mass media? and Right, uh, yeah. You know, the guides that I work with, the collectives that I work with are talking about actually a splitting of the timelines here on our earth and that's happening right now. They, they describe it as uh, the splitting of the timelines, which is actually two separate dimensions existing on the earth at the same time. So we'd have a group of people who really haven't gone through that ascension process to the point where they're still anchored in the material world and in the third dimension. And those are some of those people you're seeing who are, you know, watching the media and, you know, are on the media and those sorts of things. But we have another dimensional consciousness or another timeline that's being created. And that's the fifth dimension. And those people are, are going to be ascending and we're going to be experiencing two different realities here on earth. And the people that are be, going to be anchored in the third dimension are, you know, they're going to experience more suffering. And I think it's because it's inevitable that we're going to be rebirthing things on this planet. And there are, there are programs, structures here that are going to fail. Those that are kind of ready to bring in the new are going to be experiencing that new without the suffering, right? So we'll still know those people. They'll still be, you know, we're still going to exist together on this planet. It's just, we're going to be existing, some of us in a higher dimension. And you can already see that, right? Even in, well, you know. I, yeah, I think there are many dimensions that exist simultaneously on this, oh, on this timeline. And it's simply the fact that if you're tapped into your intuitive abilities and you're an empath and you, you know, read people's thoughts, you're already existing in another dimension in a, within the third dimension, you're already vibrating, you're skipping through different timelines and dimensions, it's already happening. But I think that probably what you're saying is two separate mass consciousnesses, because there's the majority, there's the mass conscious, which is third dimensionally based. And, and then there is this groundswell of fifth dimensional consciousness emerging. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Collective consciousness, right? Two collective groups. Two collective consciousnesses. Yeah. 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 Because, you know, we do vibrate. I mean, we we have the ability to to move in and out of a variety of different dimensions. It's 
as a collective, we, we hold one dimension here, right? And then yeah. that one, the effect of that dimensional consciousness as a oneness. So that's what the guys are saying, two separate dimensional realities of collective consciousness here. So, you know, and, and you can kind of see that now, like we've been talking about people that are maybe in pain or, right, we're starting to bring in more self-healing tools and energetic and vibrational healing tools, you know, or some people are still going to be defaulting to medicines and chemicals and things outside of the physical body for healing, you know, material things for healing. And those things are going to fail. They don't have a place here on our earth anymore. So when that happens, if those people do not have the awareness of a higher dimensional type of healing, they're going to struggle more than those of us who already are tapping into that type of information because it's higher dimensional information. I'm just thinking of the healing industry, you know, the allopathic industry is such a powerful, such a powerful collective, the medicine, you know, drugs and, I have so many friends that are spiritual healers and teachers, but then when they get sick, they go straight to the doctor. And I've always found that really fascinating because I've been studying, you know, energetic healing for years and years. And, and if I break my bone or if I hurt myself, I do my work. Like I've even fallen over and fractured a bone. If I, if I snap something, I'm in the hospital, right? But if I fracture something, I just go into meditation and see it being healed and, um, right because I know, I, I know that's possible, but so many of the healers that actually practice healing work don't know it's possible. It's interesting. It's just such a powerful collective consciousness, the allopathic. Yeah. Well, you know, in the guides that I work with, they even take it into the way we existed. I mean, we existed in a dimension that made us very singular. And when, when we did that through our intention, the guys often talk about the mental, spiritual, emotional, and physical bodies. And those bodies are supposed to function in the structure as one. But we've, through our singular perception, made them very singular. So you can see how we operate. You know, when something physical happens to us, you know, we're looking for something physical in order to change that, not really connecting that physical body with the spiritual essence, right, of, of the truth of who we are and using it all together. And that's where people in the fifth dimension are going to start becoming self-healers because we're reintegrating those bodies to function together in the way that they were intended, as opposed to seeing everything so material and singular and reaching outside of the self for something, you know, and that's, that's a big change structurally that we're going through right now with this transition. Mm-mm. Well, I think the two biggest topics of conversation collectively are health and money. I saw you have a conversation with uh, Ethan Fox. Ethan. And you were having a conversation about the money, you know, the money system. And I witnessed this as well. And I've been a victim of it, you know, as a light worker, as a healer, that sort of money consciousness is torturing. <laughs> so I'd really love to discuss this consciousness around money and being a light worker. You, you hit on with Ethan, you hit on a couple of fabulous things as you know, a lot of light workers see money as evil. You know, it's a third dimensional construct and I'm above that now. But you know what? Guess what? We still have to have money to pay our bills. It's this juggling act between these two dimensions. You know, it's a, yeah. And you know, I, it's interesting you bring up money because that's been the topic of almost all of my channelings lately, both in really. And that's the topic that the guides are choosing as we go into this transition, because it's a really big one. Um, So they've been talking about, you know, we, we talked about these two separate dimensional realities, the third and the fifth. Well, really most of us are existing in this fourth dimensional space right now, which is the transitional space. It's a transitional space. And what happens, I kind of really get both the fifth and the third having lived both of them, but I'm not sure like the fourth seems fuzzy to me. It's like this fuzzy. Because it is. It's it's like intertwined, isn't it? We don't really belong there. It's not a comfortable space. And that's where everybody has been. And I mean, almost every one of my clients, they're stuck. They're not moving forward. The money fell away. The job fell away. The relationship fell away, but nothing new is coming and they're not moving forward. And and the guys have called it a holding pattern. And this holding pattern is actually the fourth dimension. And so what's going on here? We talked about, you know, these bodies, the mental, physical, emotional, spiritual bodies all coming back together. We've gone through a lot of structural changes in this fourth dimension because 
the planet is vibrating faster. And we've had a really hard time keeping up with that, that speed because we've been so material and in this density and we've been bringing up a lot of stuff to purge. History has been a big thing. We've been purging collective history through us into our singular experience and we've had to rise above that. Um, so there's been all kinds of stuff like that. But money is really a program that we default to that is a difficult one right now. What the guides are saying, first and foremost, is that's one of the first programs or structures on the planet that is going to fail. They talk about the corporation, you know, like the, the corporation is basically a material singular density. You know, that energy was created in a consciousness that can no longer hold on to what's here and what we are anymore. And even though that is a pending thing that's going to happen, we're the ones that are creating that change because the energy comes first and then it manifests into, you know, a physical experience. So I truly believe that our energy is what is going to be the catalyst of change for our monetary system. You know, we know we need something better, you know, some type of an exchange or a trade, you know, there's no lack there. The guides have actually brought in a really interesting message about timelines and money. So, you know, we identify ourselves, we define ourselves through these programs, and that's what gets us. Um, they call them imprints. So to give you an example, you know, we've really defined ourselves through the program of money. You know, some of us are poor, some of us are wealthy, some of us are middle class, you know. Absolutely. Um, and it and seems to be the thing that we value the most. You exactly. know, people kill right. each other over money. I mean, right. anyway, but I said, yeah, go on, please go on. But those programs or those identities become our excuse for lack in every, because when we are so singular with these definitions. So, you know, you might think, well, the, the people in the wealthy area, they've got it good. What's, you know, they don't have any problems. Well, the guy'd say absolutely not, because those people that are wealthy, what are they doing every day? They're getting in a car, they're going to a job that they don't like, that's not their inner truth because they're in a state of fear that they're gonna lose the money. So they're, they're working extra hard to make the money, right? And then when the money comes, that's the freedom. The freedom comes through money, right? So right there, we've got two operating programs, money and freedom, that are restricting us from manifesting. So what's happening here on the planet is we're moving into a more collective form of manifestation and that's available to us right now. Mm -hmm. So we've been manifesting very singularly for the self and that's okay. You know, that was the density we were in. That's the way we operated. That's the way we learned, you know, we, we wanted that new car, you know, <laughs> whatever it was, the relationship, but now the energies have changed and mother guy is vibrating faster. We are too. Yeah. Manifest singularly for the self. We have to be purpose-driven. We have to be service-driven. That doesn't mean we're in lack. It doesn't mean we suffer. It doesn't mean we don't have to have money or the car or the relationship. It just mm -hmm. means that we are in alignment with our truth, our collective purpose in the world, in a way that supports that manifestation. Yeah. Right? You're seeing that with so many industries that are just expanding exponentially. Uber, for instance. You know, I've got a car, so not everyone needs to have their own car. I can drive you around for a small fee. There's, a, there's something called the car next door also where, you know, the lady next door, she, or me, for instance, I work at home so I don't ha have to use my car all the time so my neighbours can borrow my car. So we're sharing this. And I've got so many friends that are wanting to go into the country and they want to grow their own food and, and live this collective lifestyle where everything's trade, you know, and money is not a part of it. And if you do need material things, then there's another fabulous website where you just borrow your to this exchange you need a lawnmower you just you know i'll lend you this if you lend me that that's this whole collective consciousness coming into play in a practical way it's really mm. fascinating to watch it happening i agree and there's so much of that happening all over yeah. the world you know and if you tune in and you see that you can really see the manifestations of you our can. consciousness it gives you hope because you can see how things are beginning to change yeah right it's just going to expand from here which is amazing but yeah, you really have to watch your frequency around money <laughs> because we have to realize that abundance can show up in a variety of ways. And neutrality is what the guides talk about a lot, having a neutral energy, which really just means no attachment. 
right? So, you know, if we're being of service, of course, we, you know, we need to be supported in the world. But, you know, if we're expecting, we have an attachment to something with that service or with the relationship, you know, a lot of the relationships we had were connected to material, you know, material aspects of our existence. And that's why these relationships are falling away. So many people are, you know, right now shifting in their relationships because we're bringing souls in and connections in that support our inner truth and support our, you know, our collective assignment in ways that these material types of connections could never do, you know, it doesn't mean those relationships can't shift and change. Um, they certainly can, but both souls have free will, right. To be, to be able to do that. So the only way that you can shift a relationship is not to force them along with you, but to really own your inner truth and, and start expressing that more in the world. Because, you know, like we mentioned, the people around you can completely change through your vibration. Mm -hmm. So that can happen with the relationship. The more you stay neutral with your, your current circumstances and what's happening and, and things are going to start moving. You know, the guides have been saying this, this holding pattern's done. You know, we got, we're going into now a period where things are going to start moving again. And I think people are going to be pleased to see the new stuff starting to show up. It's been a long time we've been in this place. We've been doing a lot of purging. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of healing. Me too. <laughs> I do it. We've been doing a lot of purging. <laughs> Hallelujah to that. You know, being in your energy, Michaela, I'm, I'm totally dropping into the, you know, when I channel and I'm finding it hard to hang on to my personality as, <laughs> as I speak with you, you know, because I've, I've got my little curious personality mind that's interviewing you. And then I've got also that place where I go into that channeling that's just so... I'm sort of like trying to stay focused on what you're saying. Stay focused, stay focused. Because <laughs> your energy is so expansive. It's beautiful. But what would you say to people that, you know, any light workers that are listening or what would your guide say that are having a struggle with the mind? You know, I'm thinking of one in particular that I was hanging out with recently. She's an incredible, like, channel brings through the language of light and sort of operatic sound like sound you wouldn't believe and she does this money drama all the time where she's just up against the wall with not a cent to a name can't eat sort of thing doesn't know where the next cent's coming through and goes back into that third dimensional paradigm i've got to go on the doll in order to survive and it's just so fascinating to see these two realities living so powerfully within one person yeah, she's really struggling in the third dimension. Not grounded at all, I suppose. You know, a lot of people talk about being grounded. You've got to be grounded as a healer. What does that mean, to be grounded in the third dimension when you're really powerfully in the fifth? It means bringing in the higher self and operating in a dimension that's higher with your experience day to day. And that's a tough thing to do, right? So to go back to the money question, what the guides are saying is we're transitioning here. And it's difficult because that fourth dimensional space, you can see both sides and you can see that in people, you know, they know they're here to do something bigger. They gravitate to the spiritual stuff, but then something happens material, whether it be their physical bodies or money, and they're easily turned back into that third dimension. Well, those are those programs we're talking about. Those have really deep rooted energetic claws in us. And cool. yep. yeah, yep. Cool. and the way that we need to catch that is, is really a really simple way. It's our, it's our attention because our perception and our attention is everything. Yep. The guys say that that is our energetic currency. And when we're aware of what we're doing in the mental body and the emotional body in response to our experience, we become the creator. But in addition to that, we set that neutral tone where those infinite potentials exist. So Timelines has been another really big conversation that's been coming through in a lot of my channels and a lot of questions people have been asking. And can I just interrupt you? Just explain to people that are listening to this what a timeline is. A timeline is, is an energetic creation that is coming through you. And it does not have to manifest, but it can. So to give you an example, every thought that you have that you have emotion wrapped around in some way is a potential timeline that you have running in your energy. Yeah. So this is the example the guys gave just recently. If you have a thought, I'm going to lose my job tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And that thought evokes fear. You just created a timeline. 
that exists in the universe by which you lose the job. That does not mean that that timeline has to manifest into physical form until you match the frequency of it. So if you stay anchored in that place of fear and you're running that timeline over and over again in your head, you're most certainly going to match it at some point because the universe is always looking to match energies and frequencies. We are magnetic. So we're always creating, there's a variety of different timelines running that we have in any moment. Some are higher dimensional timelines, some are lower dimensional timelines, and we match those to our frequency. Our frequency is our emotional body. And that is the way that we've been manifesting in singular form. I know a lot of people have been taught thoughts are things. I believe that thoughts are things, but, but our thoughts create our emotions, which creates our frequency. So if we stay very attentive to what we're thinking and what we're feeling about any potential scenario we have going on, we can begin to see the timelines we are creating. And every moment we create a new, you know, the guides have said, even our physical body in each moment is a manifestation of our consciousness. Mm -hmm. You know, we think we wake up every morning with the same physical body and the same pain and the same hair and the same eyes and whatever that may be. But we create that physical body in every moment mm-hmm. and same way we create our experience in every moment. So when you think about that, it becomes very empowering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are so many potential timelines we've created that are joyous and blissful and aligned with our soul. And, you know, those things that we want to do that create excitement and inspiration mm-hmm. in us. The more that we gravitate towards those things the more we match the frequency of them, we know we're going to go in the direction of our soul. And the guys will even say, when you get, okay, you get into that money scenario and you, you see yourself, you know, with the, the brain just going, you know, the money, 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 lack, lack, lack. The only way to break that pattern, first of all, is to recognize it. Because the second you call attention to it, you're breaking an energetic pattern you have going on. And to take this even further, this is a historic pattern it's something that has happened to you before and it's something that has happened in the collective consciousness. Mm -hmm. You know, we have an effect on everything and everything has an effect on us. So we had this conversation the other night and it was, it was a difficult one. We went full circle, the great depression, for example, you know, the guides bring up the great depression. That was a time in our history by which, you know, there was a lot of people that lost money. You're reliving that history through you and your singular expression when you think I'm going to lose my job tomorrow. You're matching that collective history and you're bringing it through you and expressing it. And you have a free will choice in that moment. You can rewrite that history and recreate it differently, or you can accept the timeline and you can experience it the way that you're creating it. So when we begin to put that all together, that's when we get into that zone where we can start gravitating into that fifth dimensional collective manifestation that's there. And there's no lack in collective, (laughs) you know, the collective energy knows no lack. So we can't operate in that lack mentality anymore. So we have to be really careful to stay neutral. Mm -hmm. That means no attachments, no looking backwards, no defaulting to programs, right? Finding your excitement, finding your inspiration at any moment, even if you spend five minutes a day, it's going to take your frequency away from where you were tuned into this lack of money. And it's going to match something different in your vibration that's aligned with your soul. And if you put a little bit of energetic currency every day into that inspiration, that excitement outside of the, even the topic of money. Yeah. Yeah. Inevitably you're going to manifest the resources that you need. Yeah. I've seen you say this and my guide said this to me years ago too. I wrote a whole article on it about your frequency being your currency. It's it's not the notes in your wallet. It's the vibration in your being that is your currency. And there's one of the messages that I wrote years ago. What is it? What do you uh, pay attention? That's right. Pay attention. Like the word pay, pay, Mm -hmm. you know, pay attention. What are you paying attention to? So what are you buying into? This whole concept of money is in our language. You know, you're paying attention. So you're buying into something. So you're giving your worth. Because as I said before, we give so much worth to money. But your worth is your attention. That's your Mm -hmm. currency. And you reminded me of something that I read years ago on the Seth material. Because like your journey, I was reading 
Shirley MacLaine. And she oh. was saying that a book fell off a bookshelf in a new age interview. She was meant to read it. And I remember reading that and thinking, oh, I wish that would happen to me. Guess what? It happened to me. I was babysitting <laughs> and a book jumped <laughs> off a bookshelf. Like mm-hmm. literally just jumped off a bookshelf for no reason. And I went over and picked it up and it was the set material. <laughs> oh, how fun. I love when that stuff happens. Yeah, I know. Wasn't that great? I didn't even know. Like, uh, This is when I was in my very early 20s. And, uh, you know, something that Seth said all those years ago, which blew my mind, and it took me years to understand it. And in this conversation, we're having that understanding of it. And that's the understanding of timelines or probable realities. Mm -hmm. And he said that every choice that is ever made is made manifest, you know, and then he went on to say, you're on the phone, a girlfriend says, come out for lunch. You say, yes, no, maybe I'll stay at home and go to bed. I'll do this. You know, there's a few decisions. And he said, every decision that's made is made manifest. And I remember throwing the book across the room thinking, "I, I can't wrap my head around that, but it's explained when you think about timelines and as you said like every choice is there to make manifest in this particular reality depending on the vibrational match to the probable reality or to the timeline and so all these different probable realities exist as soon as you think them or you know bring them into existence with your energy with your thinking Right. And then you bring them into this reality through a vibrational match. So it took me years to understand that, you know, yeah. years. It's yeah. the concept that I think video games, because you can have different probable realities that you can choose in video games or what do you call those games? I've actually never played them. Right, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I've been channeling a book um, and it's not quite complete yet. It's it's a really beautiful large work. The guides have been talking a lot about the, the brain, the mind, the, the mental body and the reptilian consciousness. You know, we do have a reptilian consciousness on our planet and it's very easy for us to be taken away by the mind into um, creations of our energy that are not serving us. It's because the mind is not the only part right of that equation how we talked about the emotional body and the energy body but it all starts up here you know our mind can very easily take us into scenarios that cause us disruptions in our vibration and you can see this in the media right you can see it in the video games and movies you know things like that even on social media how are we taken into you know all of these lower vibrations with the mind creating a vibration of fear because we know it's either fear or love. We're either operating in fear or operating in love. And we can talk about all the other emotions or vibrations along that scale, but they lead up to one or the other. And so when you think about the mind, how valuable of a tool is that? So the mind was given to us to create through our energy. The energy comes first, the inspiration comes first, the love comes first, and then the mind kicks in and helps us make it physical. You know, now we put it logical in logical order and we're able to say, you know, I want it to be this way or, you know, this is the way it would please me most and this is the way I can do it. But a lot of times we put the mind first and we have this problem with money. We say, my gosh, I got to make money. What am I going to do? You know, what am I going to plan? What am I going to write? How am I going to manifest this in physical? When we have to take a step back, we have to align our energy first look at what that's creating in us, all that, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? I have to do, I have to do, I have to do. No, you have to balance, align, you have to vibrate. Then the mind can come in and say, this is what I need to do. Yeah. 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 That's so important. Mm -hmm. That's so important. I can't reiterate that enough. I can't spread that message enough because we're so seduced by the doing Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're so seduced by the doing. And, uh, you know, I say to people that any action taken from a place of lack only creates more lack. You know, like you go out and look for a job and uh, because you're feeling like you haven't got the money and then your car breaks down and then that's another bill and then you have an accident and that's another bill. You know, it just, you know, any action, any motion forward taken in a vibration just expands that vibration. And so, like, shift the before you walk out the door, shift the vibration. Shift, you know, I've just been watching a family member go through her dark night of the soul, and and just as she's hating her life and hating everything, just everything's going wrong. And so she 
had an accident and lost her license and then this and then thrown out of the house and then like everything just in concession, bang, 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 bang. Everything she doesn't want to happen is happening as she's indulging in a, a frequency of vibration, negative emotions, as she's hating herself and hating life and nothing's yeah. working out for me and I haven't got any money and life's hard and life's a struggle and, and, mm-hmm. it's, and life is saying, yes, you're right. <laughs> Yeah. let me show you how right you are i'm just going to make it more of a struggle yeah yeah universe is responding to the vibration you, you know, know jack canfield one of my favorite teachers you know who who makes law of attraction very practical says that his teacher uh, what's his name clement stone said that he was a reverse a reverse pessimist and he thought that the universe was conspiring for him in everything that happened it was happening <laughs> as a gift for him, as, you know, to benefit him. Instead of thinking, you know, life's conspiring against me, he was, life's conspiring for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. Even some of our darkest nights of the soul are for exactly. the best, best, you know, things that have happened. And I've noticed that when I, when I go through some times in my life where I really struggle, you know, I turn around and look at where it got me and think, oh my gosh, you know, I would have never done that on my own. I had I not had to do it that way, I would have never done it, you know? So there's a lot of, lot to be said for that too. You know, the guides always talk about these ascension codes we have in us, which they're triggered by our incarnation date. So when the planets align with these various ascension codes, it, it triggers an event and we have this beautiful choice that we get to um, handle that event in a way that is either in alignment with the healing of it <laughs> or, you know, takes us into more of that history, that density that we came here to purge. And a lot of times you can see, you know, we replay this stuff over and over again. I mean, how many of us have had the same relationship and different people, you know, we just, we end one relationship, we don't heal it. We bring it up again as somebody else, you know, that's how that happens. So these ascension codes that trigger... They give us a karmic experience and we're meant to raise the dimension around it. You know, the the guy's been talking about the higher self a lot lately and we're really bringing the higher self in as a tool and anchoring that into our crystalline structure. And and what does that mean? We're multidimensional, you know, and our higher self is the seer of all of those timelines and gets to bring them like all of the information from them together so that we can use it. Um, the guides have been relating to this more about our collective assignment lately too. You know, we, we all came here, I believe for a divine purpose. You know, we had a very specific collective intention, but I don't want to make it so serious. Like, Oh, you didn't fulfill your mission. You know, I, that, I don't think that's what it's about. I, I think at the soul level, we desired to come and be physical for, for something really big in the world. And, you know, we talked about the fact of, you know, suppressing that or lacking that, you're shut down in resistance in some way where you're experiencing pain or whatever it may be. But the higher self knows the way to put all those pieces of the puzzle together. And I feel like we've already been manifesting a lot of that information about what we're here to do and why. And um, we've had a difficult time putting it together and in, in manifesting in, into the physical world in a way that it makes sense for us. You know, you can, even some healers, like you mentioned your friend who's, who's the channel. Our assignments are changing right now because we have a new collective energy. Mm-hmm. You know, some of us have been very focused in the singular in our assignments. And now we have to raise that up to a new dimensional reality. So okay. we have to keep our minds open. Yeah. I'd like to explore that a bit, a bit more. Um, our assignments have been very singular. In So what you're saying is our assignment has been, a, when you say singular, about me ascending, me becoming more enlightened. It's been about my enlightenment. Is that what you're talking about? And now it's no more about me so much as we. Is that what you're saying? Not necessarily. I think that we, we were in a density that limited our ability to really get the skinny on what we were here to do. <laughs> Put the skinny. What's the skinny? I don't know what the skinny is. Information. Yeah, to put it all together. Um, you know, we had so much density that we couldn't really perceive it. And so we perceived it in the singular world. And, you know, I'll give you an example. I've been working with I, the clients that I have. They're just beautiful, beautiful light workers in the world. They're just doing such amazing, amazing things. My gosh, I just got off a client call. This woman is just doing amazing stuff in the world. But some of those people, they manifested their gifts in the singular energy. So maybe they were an energy healer and they were working with maybe a singular, you know, maybe working just with you one-on-one oh, and yeah. 
helping you to clear history or timelines or something within you. But what's happening now is we're moving into a more collective space. And that history that we've been purging through us is, good, is becoming more of a collective type of expression. And you can see that going on in the world, right? There's been a lot of things happening that have not been to our liking these days. I think healers are moving into a new phase where even their, the way that they did their work has to change in order to assist the timeline. Healers are finding that they're moving into a different type of energy and they're meant to maybe work with collectives or they're meant to do their work differently. Or I've had a lot of people that the guides have told they're maybe here to work with those people that are um, in that third dimensional collective and help them bridge over. You know, now it's time for them to turn their attention that way. You know, maybe where they were working with more enlightened type of people, you know, and that sort of healing. And, you know, we're all shifting right now into a new dimension with our collective assignment that we may have interpreted through a denser energy, but it was perfect in the moment. You know, it worked in the moment. It was what we were here to do. And we did what we were here to do. And, you know, the guides always say there's no mistakes, divine timing, right? Our records are timed to give us the information we need when, you know, we're activated to do this. But of course we come with free will, you know, And um, that free will sometimes can get us in trouble if we're not opening ourselves to higher dimensional information, right? And going with that energy. Well, they've told me that, you know, I've asked about free will versus life plan, mission, Mm -hmm. divine plan, whatever you want to call it. And they've said, you know, with free will, you can manifest something that wasn't in your life plan. But when you're using your free will, to get something you think you want and your soul's saying, that's not why you came. (laughs) You came for another reason. It's a struggle. Like it's a really, it's a painful process. But when you're on your life plan, your divine plan, it just flows effortlessly. It's like you're in the flow, you're just in this flow, you know, back to the pain in the body. As you're doing what you've come to do, you're not experiencing that pain anymore. So maybe if you didn't do this, you'd still be in pain. I don't know who's to say what would happen. Right. But, but, right. Uh, but this free will versus destiny is something a lot of people talk about. Is it destiny or can I choose, you know, especially when the conversation of law of attraction came in to play in, in the collective. I mean, Rhonda Byrne, who put out the secret, put that into the collective and mm-hmm. opened a whole new conversation around empowerment and free will and destiny. It was really interesting. So, you know, yeah. am I, can I create anything I want or am I here specifically to create something specific? You know, do I have a choice in that? This is the question that we're playing with. Yeah. It's an interesting topic. I kind of go down the middle road with a lot of that based on what I've channeled. I believe we come with a collective assignment, but that collective assignment isn't so specific. And where our free will comes in is that we came to experience joy. So if you think you have this collective assignment and it, this collective assignment is something you have to suffer at and you have to work really hard at and it's not going to make you happy, you're absolutely wrong because then you're not using your free will to create this collective assignment the way it was intended. Yeah. And so I really feel like I, I'm here on this planet to help people better understand what their collective assignment is. And in all of my sessions, this information comes through. Yeah. Guys will always say, they're opening your record and they're allowing that information to come through in conjunction with your energy as it stands in the moment. Right. Um, and you have this collective assignment, but you came here to experience it through your free will, meaning you have a choice at how it manifests, how it looks, how you do it. And, and really I'm always amazed when the, you know, people I don't even know come onto my, you know, my calls and, We'll identify, you know, the guys will come in and say, you know, you, this is the agreement that you made. This is why you came. This is how it manifests. And they're already doing it in some way, either in the third dimension, Mm -hmm. you know, because they perceived it in a really material way, or they've done parts of it scattered. And then the guys pull it all together and they, they become very inspired and, and it gets exciting, you know, like, wow, I never thought you know, here I was doing this stuff, but I never thought I could pull it all together like that, you know? So when I think of destiny, 
I'll go back to those ascension codes. I do believe at the soul level, we come with a set of experiences to have. And those experiences are triggered by our incarnation date and the planets revolve around that incarnation date. We chose that. When we trigger one of those ascension codes, we do have experiences that are a part of our, if you want to call it destiny or record. But again, we have free will as to how we choose to experience those. A lot of people call those experiences karmic and suffer through them, but we were never meant to suffer through them. You know, they were things that were meant to bring us to our own enlightenment. And again, free will comes into play there. You know, we get to choose how we experience this, this set of experiences or timelines, if you will, you know, that are already embedded within us that we come with. Yeah. Yeah. I love that saying, you know, pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. Absolutely. That's free will right there. (laughs) That's free will right there. You know, I had a friend who died last year at 36. She was a, is, they had it when I talk about them in the past because they're still here chatting. She is a beautiful kirtan singer and she woke up pretty, she met the love of her life. She woke up pretty, uh, she was in the corporate world pretty suddenly, found her guru, found the love of her life, got married and travelled the world teaching, doing charity, singing, you know, inspiring people all over the world. And she did that for only a few years and at 36 was diagnosed with cancer and died within weeks. Mm. And, you know, talking to her soul, that was the plan. But to people looking on, how could this magnificent, beautiful being who's spreading so much light and love get sick and die? You know, it just... It put so many people into confusion, but there was no healing that body and, you know, that plan for her to exit at that time was not going to change. There was just no healing her body. Uh, It was really interesting to watch, to watch that. But when you, when you look at life from broader perspective, there is no such thing as death. And so there was nothing that went wrong. There was just a decision to exit and that she's still here hanging out inspiring us all from a different perspective but it does put a lot of confusion into people who are thinking being connected to source and loving your life and being happy means you're going to be healthy and live forever <laughs> right yeah i totally agree i you know we have a gosh our souls are expressing themselves on so many different timelines and dimensions you know the guides always point that out and and when i go into session we always identify some of those both cosmic and and earthly you know and and those it's hard to imagine but you know those expressions of your consciousness they're actually having an effect on you in the moment you know they're a part of you it's all a part of you so yeah i, I do believe that you know, her work was probably done, right? And it was time. And, you know, I've had a lot of tough questions from people about children. You know, why would a child Who leave the planet? You know, why would that happen? Well, the guys always bring that example in. You know, they came here with that plan because there was something that they were meant to do or, you know, there was an imprint they were meant to leave um, within the collective consciousness. And that imprint was made, that, that plan was done and uh, it was time. Mm-mm. You know, I think as a teacher who dies young, I mean, the, the advent of death is mm-hmm. such a lesson in itself because it teaches, it wakes you up to there is so much more than the physical body when you're believing that life is all about this physical body. And uh, because that was my wake up call, like mum dies when I'm 16 and I'm just asking questions. Where did she go? Where did we come from before we came? You know, that beautiful gift of death for me was my awakening. So many souls say, I'm going to come and wake you up by dying because <laughs> I'm just going to come, have a good time, leave. And you're going to say, where did you go? You're going to follow me home. You know, you're going to stay in your body, but you're going to follow me home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Death can be such a gift in many ways. And yet in the mass third dimensional collective, it's seen as such a tragedy. In fact, it's seen, it creates the worst pain that we experience here, that sense of loss and uh, that we've gone where we're unattainable anymore. So we've been yakking forever. I could talk to you for ages. I'm just looking at the time. (laughs) So how are we going to end this? We could chat for ages. You're doing great work. I just see your, you know, as I watch you channeling, I see your you know, grasping for vocabulary as you're bringing through concepts that have no vocabulary. You know, as I watch you, I think to myself, well, that 
that'll shift. You know, the, the more you're getting used to bringing through, as I've watched Esther Hicks over the years, you know, shift and change her vocab. She's just saying the same thing over and over again, but just picking different words and choosing different analogies and there's just so many ways to explain the same thing isn't there and I I see that for you too as the more you get into this you'll just find new words new analogies to explain the same thing and are you conscious when you're channeling are you when I'm doing my live lectures if the the you know the ones that you see on YouTube I am a trans channel so I do both I often don't remember much at all of what's said in those sessions because I'm in a trans channel for a good hour, hour and a half, and I come through. I've gotten better at it. You know, yeah. I always say, it's kind of like softball, the more you play, the better you get. Yeah. Um, when I first started channel, I just had no memory of it. I just come through and I had no clue what was just said. Now I walk away with the gist, you know, and I almost kind of get the message before the, you know, if I'm doing a live event earlier in the day, I'll almost get that download where I kind of know what it's going to be about. And then I'll walk away with the knowing of what it was. But yet when I watch back, I'm always amazed. Um, but I can conscious channel too. I'm, I'm like, I mentioned well, you I'm can trying. because you've been doing it during this interview. And oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And uh, see, that's the way I channel. I'm a conscious channeler and I haven't sort of done the whole leave the building thing yet. And right. I think I decided not to do that at some stage. I don't know why. Maybe I'd like to play with it. I don't know. For a minute there, I felt like I was leaving the building as I was trying to stay in my personality talking to you. (laughs) There was a part of me wanting to come in and I'm like, stay here, stay here. Anyway, it's really interesting, the process. You know, I actually like conscious channels because I like the personality. It's relatable. You know, the first time I saw Bashar channel, I just went, oh, God, I don't want to listen to this. (laughs) Listen to many channels. But then when I saw Daryl Anker being interviewed as Daryl Anker, I'm like, oh, this guy's so cool. And I liked Daryl. And so I went back to Bashar and then I could listen to Bashar because I connected with Daryl, you know what I mean? And so for me, that was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like I wanted to connect to the person because, you know what, I'm a person as well so we're all people here tapping into higher consciousness and bringing it through but I guess we're a person first you know we're a person and personality first and that's the biggest challenge that we're dealing with being that person absolutely (laughs) being that personality that mind that personality yeah so yeah to have that relatability is I think is really important yeah 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 yeah, it's fun. It's fun leaving the building and it's fun being in the building. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, Michaela, it's been so beautiful to connect with you today. And thank you. I'd love thank to, you for having me. I'd love to connect with you more because I love your message. It's a great message. And where can people find out more about you? Oh, absolutely. MichaelaSheldon.com. So it's M-I-C-H-E-I-L-A-S-H-E-L-D-A-N dot com um, or floweroflifecenter.org. Um, I'm also the executive director of that uh, Flower of Life Center here in Michigan, and we are a volunteer organization that's furthering human consciousness. So one more website I'll give is Awaken Empowered Expo, which is a big uh, um, national or international event we do here twice a year, actually. We have one coming up November 4th through the 6th. But if you go to Awaken Empowered Expo, there's a great YouTube channel link there that has a lot of my videos um, that I think your listeners will enjoy well we'll have to get you down oh 11 11 i just looked at my clock we'll have to get you down under as i say we have to get you down yeah (laughs) i look at 11 11 i'm ready bagging my bags (laughs) i know i I was just saying to uh, daniela who i was speaking to a couple of days ago who channels mother mary you know so many beautiful beings and things going on in the states that i connect with i mean we have a lot of amazing people here in australia as well but uh it's nice to sort of travel the world and spread your light. You know, we can go there and you can come here. <laughs> that yeah. sounds great. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. Thank you for talking with us today. Thank you so much. It was Bless- a pleasure. Blessings. Okay, blessings to you. Thanks so much for joining me for another show accentuating the positive here on the home of Conscious Music, Soul Traveller Radio. Remember to support Conscious Music, Consciousness. Go to Soul Traveller Radio on Facebook and accentuate the positive radio with Karen Swain on Facebook. 
check out my website karenswain.com for any readings and teachings available about spiritual deliberate creation for the change makers difference makers and disruptors catch you next time thanks for listening bye for now